Thank you for listening to the sermon audio podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. All right, how's everybody doing today? Well, good. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? You know, as I was laying in my bed um, Thursday night trying to find a position comfortable to sleep in, which was difficult because I'd eaten myself into a place of being uncomfortable, I thought maybe this would be a good Sunday to preach on gluttony. I don't know. And then I decided against that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we are going to talk about something else that uh, maybe occurred after we spent a whole lot of time, some of us, with family, and that is the results of the power of the tongue. And so we're going to talk about that today, and it's something that um, all of us uh, encounter in life and all of us deal with are uh, the things that we say and the things that are said to us. You know, I, I was taught when I was young that um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. And I've come to find out through the years that it's the opposite of that, which is true. Um, that sticks and stones can hurt, but it's really um, the words that, that hurt the most. The words that we speak sometimes and the words that are spoken to us. And so James wrote nearly a whole chapter on it in James chapter 3. And so we're going to start there in James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And if you would please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, as a teacher, um, I am always aware of and try to be careful in the things that I say. You know, no teacher wants to say something that um, turns out to be wrong or to lead people in the wrong direction, and so you have to be careful. But Paul's also talking about this in the context of we all make many mistakes. There, if, I doubt there's a single one of us in here that wouldn't go back and take back something that we've said at some point in life. And one of the things that he tells us is, you know what, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and can also control ourselves in every other way. And so he kind of gives that as, as, a, as a key that, you know what, and, and it's true, I bet if you can think about it and think about maybe people that you've known that could really control what they said, they had control in other areas of their life too. And people that can't control what they say usually have other areas in their life that they can't control either. And probably, maybe all of us have been in that spot at one time or another. But I want us to look today at, at the power of the tongue and why it's so important that we have control over it. You know, we live in a society where um, people are, think they can just say whatever they want and they're glorified sometimes for unloading on people and for saying things that are, that are hurtful to someone else because, well, they needed to hear it or whatever. But here's one of the things about that, you know, and that's one of the things as, that you learn as a, as a person, as a husband, as a parent, and as a pastor is that you can say the right thing, but if you say it the wrong way, it, it can do just as much damage as saying the wrong thing. And so the way we say things is important too. And so one of the things about the tongue, and we're going to go on down in James verses 3 through 5, 
as we can see that the tongue is, is powerful. It can build and direct. In James 3, 3 through 5, it says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Now, some of y'all may not know this about me, but I used to team rope and I used to own horses and used to ride. And, you know, I can remember one time when I was riding or doing something and the bridle broke. And there is, you know, when I was on that horse five seconds before, I felt in control. You know, I mean, I, hey, I'm a lot faster on the back of one of them than I can running. That's, I don't run very fast. You can do things that, you know, you have control of where it's going. And then all of a sudden you lose that and you realize how important that bit and those reins really are. And the thing is that that's the way it is in our life is that when we cannot control our tongue, it's like a feeling of just being out of control in everything. And so this scripture tells us, you know what, how important that is that when you have control of the mouth, when you have control of a tongue, you can guide where it goes. And when we can control and learn to control the things that we say, and sometimes more importantly, the things that we don't say, and then also control the way that we say things, we're given a direction to our life, and we're able to direct things, and we're able to have control over what happens. And God wants us to be self-controlled. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit, to be self-controlled. And that's not something you hear people talk about a lot, is self-control. But it's one of the main attributes of a growing, maturing believer is to have self-control. And if you don't have control over what you say, you don't have control over yourself. And so listen, he says, by, by this way, we can make a horse, this large part, this large thing, go wherever we want. And then he talks about the rudder in a ship. You know, in a rudder, when you look at the size of a huge ship, is, is tiny. It's this tiny little thing, just like our tongue is. It is, in some ways, the most powerful muscle that we have, but it's not anywhere close to the size of others. And so a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And you know what? Sometimes the words that we speak and the things that we say can not only give a direction, but also give us the ability to go through adversity and difficult times in life. You know, most of us could probably go back and remember when somebody came up to us, when we, were, we weren't feeling confident or were we, we were in a difficult time and they said something to us that made a big difference. Now, you may have some stories the other way too of things that people said to you that caused you to doubt or took you in a different direction that you didn't want to go or made you feel like you weren't able to do things or made you feel self-conscious or whatever. But you can also go back and there's somebody in your life that said, man, I'm proud of you. You can do this when you weren't sure that you could. And their words gave direction to your life and, and added power there. And so the words that we speak have power. They have an impact, good and bad. You know, when you're talking to your kids are you speaking life to them? Or are you speaking death? Are you giving them direction about where you want to go? Or are you trying to tell them all the things they can't do or what they're not good at? You need to be able to, to give direction in a good way. And that's one of the powers that 
is in a tongue, in the words that we speak. And here's the thing about something, is you got to understand the power of it before you learn to exercise caution and care when handling it. You know, when you, I remember um, as a guy, you know, at some point somebody gets you to use a, a, a power tool. You know, and I can remember the first time I used the chainsaw and the people, you know, my dad really went over and all the power that was in a chainsaw, you know, like the power to cut your leg off or whatever else, you know, that you cut your leg off, that's part of the deal. But, you know, it's only when you respect the power of it that you can learn to master it and that you choose to master it. And that's what we need to understand first with the tongue is the power of it so that we can choose to master it. And too many people go through life and just say whatever pops into their mind without regards to the impact that has on somebody else's life. We need to understand the power. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. It can bring death or life. So you can speak death to people, you can speak condemnation, you can speak hatred, you can speak vitriol or whatever else you want to, or you can speak love and you can speak truth. You can speak encouragement. You can do all of those things. You know, every single one of us, I want you to think about something. Now, I've met, I don't know, maybe two or three people in my lifetime that um, came to faith in Jesus because they, you know, opened up a Bible or something happened in their life. And I'm sure there were people that beforehand that maybe spoke to him about who God was, but that they opened up the Bible and that's how they came to the saving knowledge of Jesus. But overwhelmingly, the people that I talked to, and myself included, we came to know Christ because somebody spoke that to us. They told us the truth of the gospel. They told us that we could be saved. They told us about God's love to us. And I want you to think about something. We live in this day and age now, and sometimes I don't think we really think about it, because we have access to countless Bibles. I have it on my, I have this Bible, um, I have Bibles at home, I have different versions in my office, I have it on my iPad, I have it on my phone, I have it on my computer, I have it everywhere. And so I can hear from God, and, and I, we should, we should be in the Word of God. But when it comes to that how you were saved, how you first came to know, nearly every single one of us, if not all of us, somebody spoke that to us. Now, here's what I want you to catch from this. Somebody spoke that to us, but somebody spoke that to them. And somebody spoke that to them. You know, I wonder someday in heaven, you, if you could maybe trace back, like your spiritual genealogy, who told you about Jesus and who told them, do you know it would go all the way back to Jesus? The, the word that you got came from him and was spoken by him to others. They took that message and gave it to somebody else. It's been passed down for generations verbally by the spoken word, the good news about Jesus Christ. You can trace your salvation back to something that came from an apostle and that came from Jesus himself because that's how it's passed down. And you know what? Even though we have all these new technologies and these new abilities to communicate with people, it still comes down to one person speaking to another. 
and tell them about Jesus. That's how God ordained it to happen. That's why he created the church. And that's why he gave us the ability to communicate with one another. We can communicate. And you know what? That's one of our greatest desires is to be able to communicate with someone else. You know, one of the first things that we want from a child, from a baby, is for them to, as a parent to say our name and then to say words. And they, now they, as it goes along, they're going to learn words we didn't want them to learn. Like you ain't got to teach them no. They figure that one out on their self. No. Would you want to eat? No. They get that one. But we love being able to communicate because then we can understand and get to know someone. And so this ability to speak, it shares who we are. And we get to choose what we're going to do with it. David, in Psalm 141, in a prayer to the Lord, says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and, and guard my lips. Don't let me drift toward evil or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. But it started out, with a God, take control of what I say. Guard my lips. Because inside this, this powerful medium that we have to communicate with people and to speak words of death or life, there is great power. There's great power for good. All of us sitting here are a testimony to the power of good of the spoken word. Every single one of us heard someone share the gospel with us, whether it was a preacher, whether it was a friend, somebody shared the good news of Jesus. But we also all bear the wounds of things that were said to us that were hurtful, and we've wounded others. And so we need to be careful about the power to destroy that is in the tongue. In James 5 and 6, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Now, that's not a great picture of the tongue, is it? But you know what it's talking about, that forest fire? Is that one, one word, one phrase, one sentence can cause all kinds of damage, can it? You know, you can be going along and having a great day, and then somebody says something that's hurtful, and all of a sudden it can change the whole mood, can it? It can change everything. The tongue is a powerful thing, and it can destroy just as well as it can lift up. Among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness. It can set your whole life on fire. The things that we say can cause all kinds of problems. There are people who get fired because of something they say. People that lose a relationship because of something they say. And so we need to understand there is this potential to destroy and to wreck and to tear things down by the words of our tongue. That's in the power that comes with that. Proverbs 26, 20 through 21, fire goes, goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. See, sometimes 
a fight happens because somebody said something. And then they told somebody else, and then they told somebody else, and boom, it becomes this great big thing, doesn't it? You know what? The deal is, here, here's the thing. You know what the Bible, you know what Jesus said to do? If someone has said something to you that, that offends you, you know, and you've gotten to that point where you're like, you know what? This is something I need to go talk to him about. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal to me. Or you've said something, and you know you need to go deal with it, and you need to go get it right. You know what the Bible, you know what Jesus said? If you're, the, if you're the, in church about to give your offering, and you realize that someone has something against you, leave your offering there and go get it right with that person. You know, the Bible gives us clear definitions and ways to deal with conflict. When somebody said something or somebody's hurt us or somebody's done something, we go deal with them directly. That's what we do. That's what the Scripture tells us to do. Now, guess what? It's in all of our DNA. We want, to have, we want people on our side. If somebody hurt us, I want somebody to be mad for me. And so what we do, well, we tell all these people, but we don't go deal with it directly. And all that does is that now we've created a big fire. And now there's people that we like that are mad at that other person just because we told them. And you know what? We don't, I know we mean to, but we don't ever give the whole, the full picture, do we? We have an argument with somebody and we go tell somebody about it and, well, you know, here's what they said to me. And boom, 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 boom. We put, we put it in the worst possible light. Matter of fact, we, well, they said, yeah, 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 yeah. We give a tone of voice to it. Well, what'd you say back to him? Well, you know, I said, I probably shouldn't. And then when we, when we recite our part, it's all, and I said it, and this is what I said, blah, 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 blah. And they got mad at that, and I don't know why. Because we always put ourselves in the best possible light. That's just our nature. And you know when you can't do that? It's when you're dealing with an issue with the person directly. Because they remember how you said it first. It's our nature. We want people on our side. But you know what Jesus said? Quit doing that. Go directly to them and get it straight. And you know what? Sometimes they'll say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You're right. Or maybe you need to say that to them. Maybe you both need to say it to each other. Because unfortunately, when one person says something they shouldn't say, it's all too common that we say something back that we shouldn't say. Oh, yeah, well, you're ugly. You know what? I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have said that. You know, sometimes we get that apology. You know, I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings that I said you're ugly. I'm sorry. You know that's not an apology, right? <laughs> we need to go to them and repent. Hey, man, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Forgive me. We need to do things the right way. And that, the tongue can cause all kinds of damage when we're hurt or when we hurt someone else. Jesus gave us very specific guidelines about how to deal with it. And then you know what? There's times when they, well, I don't care. I, I meant to say that. Okay, hey, I appreciate it. I just wanted to come to you and let you know that that bothered me. And then move on. It, said, it also says as much as you're able, be at peace with all men. You can't be at peace with everybody. You just can't. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to be at peace with you. That's just part of life. And then when that's, you come to that point, hey, you know what? We're both believers, or maybe they're not. 
then you move on. And you don't just dwell there. You, you, you do the best you can. You do what you know is right. And then how they respond to it is up to them. And then you move on. Okay? But if you haven't done that part, then you hadn't done what's right. Well, I don't think they'll listen. I don't care whether you think they'd listen or not. Jesus didn't say, hey, go to your brother unless you think they wouldn't listen to it because they're too stubborn. He didn't say that. He said, if you got some, your brother's got something against you, go to him. Make it right. Do the best you can. Then come back. That's what guiding and directing our tongue away from destruction is about. It is inevitable that people are going to say things that hurt your feelings or that bother you or that you don't think is, is right. It is inevitable that you are going to say that to other people. It's inevitable. Everyone makes all kinds of mistakes. And it says in, in Proverbs, where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. And the people you talk to the most, you're going to say something that offends them. And they're going to say something that offends you. What you do after that is the, is the most important part. Because a lot of times it's unintentional. I, man, I didn't mean, that's not what I meant. I should have, I'm sorry. Let me say what I really meant. That's going to happen. We're going to, you're going to get beyond the receiving end of things that bother you, that you don't like, that you thought was this, or maybe it's even, well, I, I know why you said that. And you're judging their motives. We talked about that last week. How we deal with it is what's really going to make a difference. It's going to be a difference between a small spark or a raging forest fire. And when we go tell 12 other people, and don't deal with them, we've created a forest fire. So be careful. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Psalm 139, sometimes you know what we do? Well, I just, I'm not going to say anything. That's not a solution either. David talks about that in Psalm 39, 1 through 2. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. What had happened was people had done things and said things to him that were hurtful. And he said, you know what? I ain't going to say nothing. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. You see, sometimes we think, well, I'm not going to say anything. And all that does is create a raging inferno. And you know what happened? The turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got. Anybody else do that? You know, you, somebody says something to you and you're kind of like, oh, well, that, that was, I didn't like that. And then within three days, I just want to wring their neck for saying that to me. Because that's what you do. You go off and you think about it. And the more you think about it, the hotter you get. The more you dwell on it, the madder you get. And the madderer and the madderer and the madderer. The hotter I got, and then I ignited a fire of words. And then you come back, or somebody comes back to you, and something that was that big, they come back like a dragon roaring fire all over you, or you all over them. Because the more you thought about it, well, you know, they did something like that last month, and they did something like that last year. And then before you know it, you're just unloading on them. Because you didn't. Deal with it the way you're supposed to. 
You see, if you just tell them in the moment, well, I don't understand that. That kind of hurts my feelings. You could have dealt with it right then. And instead, you, you allowed it to grow by not dealing with it. Now, you know what? There's some things you just need to go before God and say, Lord, I know I shouldn't be offended at this. I know this isn't a big deal. Help me let this go. Love covers all kinds of offenses. Choose to love sometimes and not make a big deal out of it. I'm not saying you got to go around and over every single word that's spoken, but if you, if you just can't get over it, then you need to go before God first. And then maybe you need to get some counsel. Go to somebody and say, hey, I don't want to, I'm not getting into a gossip thing here, but this is what happened. What should I do? Should I go to him or should I not? Now, that's different from gossiping. You understand that. And don't do the, well, I got a prayer request. Somebody needs some prayer because they're just, you know. Be careful about that. That's how we Christians kind of disguise gossip sometimes. Try to camouflage it. Don't be camouflaging gossip. Stop doing it. That's what the Word says. Stop doing it. James 3, 7 through 11 People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. And we're like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Let me ask you something. You ever been driving down the road, and you got some good worship music on, and you're singing and praising the Lord, Lord, I love and then somebody pulls out in front of you and bam, 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 there it comes out. You know what that is? Blessing and cursing out of the same mouth, just like that. I mean, I've heard people do that. I don't know from personal experience. <laughs> I, I'm going to repent of that saying that right now. I, I do know that from personal experience. And so that's the question, though. Blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not Right? You know how we get past it? Well, they. But it's our mouth the words are coming out of. Well, they made me do it. Nope. Nobody made you say anything. Even when they were on the on-ramp doing 40 miles an hour trying to kill me by not letting me merge into traffic, they didn't make me call them an idiot. I chose to do that. We choose what comes out of our mouth. And we have to accept responsibility for it. And we don't get to blame it on somebody else. You know, and the thing about the tongue, we'd like to say, well, yeah, that, that part's not really me. I'm, I'm this. And you know, I know sometimes I say, and sometimes I do this, and sometimes I do that, but this is who I really am. But you know what the Bible tells us? Here's what Jesus said. In Matthew 12, 34 through 37, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good per person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. See, what's in our heart comes out. That's why the Bible tells us over and over again to, to be careful about what you let into your heart. 
Guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. Words come flowing out of our heart. I tell you this, Jesus said, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Now let me just ask you a question. Let's say somebody came and they accused you and said, this person's not a believer, they don't know God. You said, well, of course I know of course I know Jesus. I'm a believer. And they said, well, we've been secretly following you for a week and recorded every word you said. Would the words of your mouth acquit you or condemn you? What would it show was in your heart? Now, no, we'd be going, okay. Oh, y'all listen to this part. This part's good. But then we get to that part. Can we fast forward for the next like 10 minutes? Just erase that whole day if you don't mind. Let me tell you, the words that come from our lips reveal what's in our heart. What would your words say about what's in your heart? Now, I want you to understand something. When I say that, I recognize I'm pointing the finger at everybody in here, including me. The reason I'm doing that is because we need to understand that our words and the things that we say matter. And there's no excuse. There really isn't. And we're not going to be able to use an excuse when we have to give an account on Judgment Day for the words that we've spoken. How many of y'all think you're going to be able to go before God? Well, God, you, didn't, you just don't understand how much this person got on my nerves. You think that's going to be an excuse? Well, I know I, you know, I know I used to use some words, but I mean, everybody was doing it. Ain't going to be no excuses. And there shouldn't be now. Here's the good part. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw water from a salty spring, but you can draw it from a pure spring. And the words out of our mouth, that's one of the fruits that people know us by. And here's the thing. You know what? You never know when your words can have an impact and what they could say. You know, I, I, was, I was going by um, Target to pick up some essentials. And I use the little app thing, and I order it. And when I get there, I put in the little number, and they bring it out to my vehicle. And it was in the morning, and I'm not really much of a morning person. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I, that's why I have to get up really early on Sunday morning is to kind of, you know, for a while I just don't like seeing or talking to people. You know, and, and I get over that. And, you know, evenings are way better for me, but it, early morning is just not my thing usually. But anyway, I'm there at Target, and the, the, the girl comes out, and she, um, you know, says, is this your order? And I say, yeah. And she says, where, do you, where would you like? And I said, just back seat's great. And for some reason, I, I was a little, 
I was in a really good mood in that early in the morning, which I'm not always. And so I was just really friendly and talking to her and, and um, you know, just being nice and having a conversation. You know, I was laughing and, and then she said, um, as she put, you know, four or five cases of Mountain Dew in my backseat of my truck, I told you they were essentials. She said, so you really weren't caring about the Mountain You really weren't kidding about the Mountain Dew thing, were you? And I said, no, I never joke about Mountain Dew. And she said, well, I was there Sunday and you were talking about it. And I was like, okay, glad I was, you know, you just never know. And that's the thing. We all have these opportunities every day to bless people. Or, or in my case, I'm thinking, man, I'm, you know, I, I don't ever recall having been rude to anybody or mean or whatever. I was like, man, I'm glad that I was, you know, really being friendly and, and doing that because if, if I had done something that could have, be, could have been seen as being rude or whatever, it really could have damaged my witness. You know what I'm saying? And see, here's the thing. You never know who you come in contact with that someday you might get a chance to share Jesus with them or to share a positive word. And so every opportunity that you have around people, speak life. And speak to them as though someday you're going to get a chance to talk to them about Jesus. And I want think about that. Out of the people that you came across this last week, if they came in here and said, hey, man, I really would like somebody to talk to me about the Lord, and don't get all upset, we're not going to come out. But if you were the person, and you were standing around, somebody said, hey, would you mind talking to them about Christ? And you'd, ha- you'd been around them this last week? Would you be like, oh my gosh, don't ask me. They saw me when I was, you know, talking to the lady who got my order wrong at one of the 53,000 chicken places in Weatherford. Or would you be like, man, yeah, hey, I remember you. Which would it be? See, we got to be careful about the words that we say. All the time. We have an opportunity to be a pure spring that people can draw out of. But we got to have a pure heart and we got to guard our lips. Proverbs 15, 4, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. You know, gentle words are a tree of life. You know, we can speak gently and kindly to people. That doesn't mean we, there aren't times that we don't need to speak the truth. But we got to speak it in love. That's what Scripture tells us. And to just tell somebody something's okay when it's not, to tell them it's no big deal when the Scripture says, yeah, that is a big deal. That's deceitful. So we got to speak truth, but we can still speak in love, and we can still speak gently. Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. You know, you can bring healing to people. You know, we've gotten, through the years when we've done our outreaches around town and we've gone and just told people, hey, could I pray for you? Could I, you know, could we do this for you? We just want to give you this because we want to show you God's love. You can't imagine how many through the years we've gotten emails and letters from people that have said how much 
just something that simple had an impact on their life. You know, there was one girl who was in her apartment and was saying, you know what, God, if you really exist, just show me a sign. And there was somebody from Greenwood there offering to take their trash out. And it didn't happen in that moment, but it led to their salvation. You never know when you showing up in somebody's life or you being there is an answer to someone else's prayer. And we all have those opportunities. We need to understand those opportunities matter. Even when they seem like they're not a big deal. Because you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. And you don't know if you haven't been sent there to just be a ray of light and to bring gentle words or words of life. You know, and you don't even have to, I mean, if you get a chance to talk to them about the Lord, awesome. But maybe it's just being polite and being kind and being gentle. Use those opportunities. You know, Proverbs 10.21 says this, the words of the godly encourage many. You know, there's something about a word of encouragement in there. You know, somebody does something that's unexpected that really just touches your heart, and it may be something simple. You know, we also hear, hey, somebody was telling us about how y'all did this, and it, it just... It doesn't, you go tell people. You know, when you do something or somebody does something that encourages or spreads love to somebody, you know what they do? They go tell somebody else. And so you never know how much just a word, a godly word of encouragement can spread and encourage others. It's a blessing. We have the opportunity to give a blessing to everyone we come in contact with this next week by being kind, by treating them with respect, by showing love in some small way, by encouraging them, by telling them we appreciate them. You know, the next time you go through a drive-thru, just tell them, hey, I appreciate you doing this. I know, I went to the, I was going through Roses on Tuesday one time, and I was like, when I got up there, I was like, man, I, I imagine this probably is not your favorite day of the week. And she said, no, it is not. I said, but hey, I appreciate what you're doing and thank you for the tacos. And she smiled. And that was it. And then I had to move on because people behind me were honking already because, man, <laughs> it's crazy at Roses on Tuesday night. Y'all know that. But it's an opportunity. I'm not saying it changed her life, but maybe it changed her hour. Or maybe it just changed a few minutes. We have the opportunity and the power to do that. And the power to communicate life to people. It doesn't have any boundaries. But we have to choose to do it. So this week, choose to speak life to the people you come in contact with. Jesus came and he gave life and he spoke life to each of us. And we all have that opportunity to spread what he brought to others. You know, the, the beginnings of that and the ultimate 
goal is always to be able to share about Jesus with people and to be able to, to give them an understanding of how God's changed our life, about how much He loves them, and about how they can have a relationship with Him too. And it's amazing to me that sometimes the simplest things can be a part of that for someone else. And we have the opportunity to speak life to people. You know, Jesus came so that we could be set free from sin, so that we could live forever, have life everlasting. And what, a, what an amazing thing. And there are three simple things you have to do to receive that everlasting life. Number one, you've got to admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you know what? The wages of sin is death. That careless word spoken in anger, it deserves death because God's a holy God. But Jesus came, and we've got to believe in him. We've got to ask forgiveness of our sins, admit that we're a sinner, and believe in Jesus. See, Jesus came and lived a life without sin and died as a sacrifice on the cross so that we would not have to, so that we could be forgiven, and so that we could have life that lasts forever. And so you've got to believe in Jesus. You've got to believe he died on the cross for your sins, and you've got to believe that he rose on the third day according to Scripture. And then the last part of that is, is you've got to take that gift for yourself by believing and by confessing. You got to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and you got to confess him as Lord. It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if that's you and you'd like to know that your sins are forgiven, that you have a right relationship with God and that you have that eternal life that Jesus promised. I want to lead you in a brief prayer of salvation. And you can repeat this prayer after me. You can pray it in your own words. Just pray it in your heart. God will hear you. But if you'd like to know those things, you pray it with me right now. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your head, close your eyes. You pray this with me right now. Dear God, thank you for loving me and thank you for Jesus. God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, my life. Cleanse me. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day according to scripture. So today, I trust Jesus as my savior. And I confess him as my Lord. Now, without anybody else looking around, if you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. You don't have to talk in front of everybody. Here's what I want you to do, though. Right now, if you prayed that prayer in your minute, I want you to look up at me and keep looking until I see you. Look up at me right now, okay? All right? Okay. Now, here's what I want you to do. It's important that you tell someone, and we would love to answer any questions you have and talk to you about the next steps in following Jesus. There's a number on the screen. You can just text SAVE to that number. Or if you're here with your parents, you need to tell them as soon as the service is over that you prayed that prayer, and they can contact us, and we'll get one of our children's minister or youth pastors 
to sit down with you and walk you through it, answer any questions, and talk to you about the next steps. It's important that you tell someone, and we'd love to help you in the next steps of your journey. So make sure you tell them as soon as the service is over. Right now, I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for all of us that God would help us this week to use those encounters that we have with people to speak life and hope, truth and encouragement, and to recognize this week the power of the words that we speak. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your love. Thank you for those that came to faith in you today. And Father, I pray that you'd help each of us, Lord, to be reminded, Father, of the power of our words to encourage, to love, to bring life, to bring light. And Father, help us, Lord, to remember that every day as we come in contact with people that need to hear those words. Father, we thank you for the power of the tongue. And Lord, help us, Father, to use it for your glory. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.